Festive felicitations to you. Billy Reeves here, Case Scope 165, the 23 Roundup. And in a year dominated by fears over AI and social media takeovers, it seems appropriate to begin with Marius Dudar's Bots Party. Marius's latest LP, Afraid. Now in January, we spoke to our dear, dear friend, Jonathan Holten. Now a lot of the conversations I had with folk this year, of course, was about a post-pandemic world and how the music that they were making and the music business in general, especially live music, uh, was changing uh, for the good or for the bad. Now the internet of course is a great portal uh, for music but you need the visuals as well and Jonathan is an equally talented animator and illustrator as he is guitarist and songwriter so I asked him about how those two things combine for him. No, I love creating visual art as much as I love writing music so I wouldn't want to be without either of them. But the issue is that both things take a lot of time, so the progress is really slow sometimes. That's a disadvantage of working alone for sure. But at the same time, I can really enjoy that slow process of seeing something take form one step at a time. So in a way, I guess that's actually also an advantage. Thank you. 
heart split in a diet I can becoming one Jonathan Hulten that's entitled The Mountain that's the forest sessions version Jonathan has just released a new standalone teaser single called The Well check it out I'll play it in the January edition he's on tour through Europe supporting Mercure in April and that includes a date at the beautiful Islington Assembly Hall and we'll see you there 10th of April that one had my first chat with Henrik from Empire our new signings uh, this year and as we've been talking about the future of music the conversation turned to the ABBA Voyage uh, Avatars show over there in East London yeah I do like ABBA but I would never go and see them as their avatars or whatever they call them. That would just, I know they've got a live band as well, but it's just like, it's not Benny and Bjorn, is it? Creepy. Yeah, just... It's creepy. It's, it's creepy, isn't it? Uh, and of course, a, ba- a band that were, were never really that comfortable playing live. They're better now. They're better now. They're not there. Um, but the other thing that I think has always concerned me is that, and you touched on it there, is that in England, this is probably an English problem, is that we do treat musicians like shit. Uh, in Ireland, the, uh, Tony Coe, the, uh, the British jazzer, is a friend of mine because I know his son, Gideon. And, and Tony Coe said to me once that he was just moving from Ireland to France, being a jazzer. And he was saying, in Ireland, the musician sits with the priest and the doctor, which I thought was a great phrase. And obviously, he's off to Paris to pick up a few jazz gigs. Uh, in Britain, uh, England, possibly, um, the musician is treated like a scumbag. And I just don't know why. Why is that? I, I can't necessarily agree with that because uh, we've just sold out our first headline gig and that just tells me that there are people who are discovering us and want to come and see us and, and rate us highly enough and they're all Great. very friendly and nice so uh, um, I don't I don't feel that way but I do okay. feel that it is very difficult to um, for us to to cost effectively gig as much as we would like to and mm, uh, and yeah. We're still trying to grow a band. It's not like a lot of um, the other artists and, yeah. and musicians that have uh, been and are in K-Scope bands it's, who are way more worldly wise than I am in terms of how a musician is considered in this country versus how they're considered wherever else around the, and treated. So I can only talk from my experience and our fans are amazing. Um, just to date, we won Classic Rock's track of the week for Hit and Run, our recent yeah, recent single. Right, so, yeah. and that's all down to them because that's a that's a vote, mm. and so I've got nothing of, but admiration for, <laughs> for our fans. Um, but I understand where a lot of people are coming from. That suggestion of musicians aren't necessarily held in the same regard as other professions mm. um, in this country. But I can't tell you how it is in other places because I just simply don't know. That's, well, that makes me feel that makes me feel a lot more positive. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to finish there, and I'm going to finish on a high. That's made me feel a lot better. That has. Pos- I love love your positive vibes, man. <laughs>
tough, sweaty art rock of Empire. Uh, that's entitled Parasites from the K-Scope album Relentless. From the new to the established, Alex Lifeson of Rush up next. Or in this context, of course, Alex Lifeson, the guitarist of Envy of None. Now, Envy of None in the summer released a sibling album to their debut album, Envy of None. It was entitled That Was Then and was a kind of little a teaser, a suggestion, the band said, of what was going to happen next. So I got straight on to Alex and asked him, is there going to be some new stuff? And he was very effusive. There's a good chance that we're going to continue writing. I do have a folder on my uh, desktop that Andy sent of some ideas for Envy of None 2 or as we like to call it, Eon number two. Uh, we've all spoken about the um, the pleasure that we've had working together and how fruitful it was. Um, and I don't I don't see why we wouldn't continue. It was um, it was a real treat to work together as a team. Uh, we shared files and we all were involved in every aspect of it. And it was really a very uh, democratic. Uh, setup that we had. Everybody worked, everybody shared. Uh, it's all together, all for one, one for all. Um, I think that doing another record soon would actually make sense. We seem to be on a flow in terms of ideas and how we how we hear the material of Envy of None. Um, and the quality of the, the recording and mixing uh, there's a certain something about it that we really, really uh, enjoyed. Uh, so I guess uh, we'd, we'd definitely jump back into it. I know that I'd love to, and Andy would, and Maya's mentioned that she's up for it too, and, uh, and of course Alf would be, so why not? Let's see. Let's see what happens.
starring the mighty Maya Wynn on vocals. They're called Envy of None. That's from That Was Then, and that's entitled Dumb, the Dummkopf mix. And Alf and Maya were kind of suggesting that the new stuff's going to be in that vein. We await with bated breath and bated other things too. Now, in May, I went to Wales. Uh, Now, this was quite an emotional moment for me because it was the first time that I'd interviewed a K-Scope act in the flesh since lockdown. The previous band in late 2019 was Godsticks. So it was absolutely perfectly simpatico that the first band I interviewed in the flesh after lockdown was our dear friend's Godsticks, all four of them down at Darren Charles's. And Darren had been talking about writing riffs, uh, which were so difficult that he was worried about injuring the drummer. Uh, so I asked them all whether or not playing this music had caused any injuries in the past. I have. You're not, yeah, I got okay. tons of injuries. <laughs> I have got tons of injuries. I got a really bad shoulder. Oh, yeah. Got bad yeah. shoulder. Yeah, uh, bad my, neck. Really bad. I have got messed up my shoulder a bit. I've been on physio and stuff on my wow. shoulder. And that's that's due to playing ridiculously fast. It isn't so much. D- that I suppose it's like D-gent. it's like tension. <laughs> I just always a little bit tense when I play, so I've had to relax. But also, okay, like yeah. when learning these tracks now, learn to sing and play because I never I wouldn't oh, have right, like done at the same time. So right, yeah, pain yeah. the ass. It's like constant mm. repetition because wow. it never like mm. we was talking about it the other day, wasn't we? Because you can never. There's no method. You know, to learn in the, the to play and sing at the same mm. time. There's no mm. method. It's just you've got to keep either just keep playing it over and over and over again yeah. until it finally clicks. So you mm. can't even uh, like, like I said, I wish it was just a method for it. Yeah, it's, not. it's tough. I mean, do you ever do you have a question for you as second guitarist? <laughs> right? Do you ever feel like you know, let's just phone it in? So <laughs> seriously, let's, let's, seriously, with this one, yeah. this is just too much. It's, well, it's too much to, work. Can I just play G? Yeah, open cowboy chords, yeah, please. Can I just, isn't there some sort of pedal right and just go yeah. and show the yeah. audience? Well, well it is nice to have we, there some moments during the songs where they're pretty simple, should I say, and it's necessary to have those simple parts of the songs. So have the a little bit of a could, breather. Yeah, yeah, have a bit yeah. of a breather. Like, and, there's but, a, and there's a throw-in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose warming up before you're playing is, is important, oh, right. and that prevents okay. injury. Yeah, <laughs> to <okay>. a degree. <laughs> I, I, I actually yeah. think this is easier to play than something like you know just a straightforward, I don't know, like say Led Zeppelin acoustic number or something like that. Yeah. Because the the those kind of things rely on feel yeah. and just playing yeah. and leaving spaces and, yeah. and having. Whereas like when there's stuff that's busy going on, you haven't got time to think. It's like oh, it's quite easy. Work, I think yeah. it's I think it's a lot. I'd find this a lot easier than I would just strumming a guitar song. You know, just wow. something on acoustic. Mm. Um, and is I that, don't think that that music's any... I, in fact, I look up to that kind of music. I is, like to write that Is that stuff. because you're trying to keep people's attention? Because if you're worried that you're going to get bored, are you worried that they're going to get bored? And also on that same question, as you've said many times before, that you didn't start playing live for ages because you thought it was bizarre that anybody would want to listen to you. Right, so I are those two... I've said that. You've just put words in my no, mouth. I won't know it. But you didn't... That's why you started late. You didn't have any sort of like no, compunction to be in a band. So now you are in a band and now this band is grizzled, right? You want to keep people's attention because you feel as though they'd get bored. It, it, the, heavier, the, the heavier side of stuff that we eventually sort of ventured into, that was... I always imagine... Again, it's going back to that story I told you. I always, I, I always, these days, I write... 
um, wondering what it would sound like live and what it would sound like as me as an audience member. I know that, like, even though we do, like, a lot softer type of stuff, Mm. live-wise, there's just more interest for me as a listener and as an audience member in the heavier stuff because I just want to nod your head. sticks from this is what a winner looks like that's called don't say a word to me it's a real highlight of their live set i went and saw them in the summer brilliant tiny weeny little venue in london not only one of the best gigs i've been to this year but one of the best nights out a proper thumping shredding evening of rock uh, that was and uh, god sticks are doing some Club dates, uh, January the 31st, February the 1st and February the 2nd, Bristol, Manchester and, and London. These are to warm up for a big festival appearance in Porth Call on February the 3rd at the Winter's End Festival. Uh, Empire are doing that as well. God sticks. Been a massive year for Tesseract, hasn't it? All five of them have spoken to me. Highlight of their career, a massive worldwide tour, a new album, and for Dan Tompkins, the live version of his Ruins project. And I've spoken to all five of them, as I say. So let's start off with speaking to Dan Tompkins, re his advice for musicians starting out. I think you you do you do have to side hustle to begin with. Um, you've got to find an avenue within music which is going to help you bring in some pocket money um i would say it helps to get into it sooner rather than later mm-hmm. especially before you have those big financial commitments as an adult um which i got completely wrong and i did it the opposite way mm-hmm. uh well that's helpful um i think you've obviously got to be very willing to go out there and promote your music and i still feel like the wor- word of mouth today is still very valuable so I think being out there on the road and touring and making friends and being personable with um, being very open and creating and cultivating a following is still incredibly important because I think people fall into the illusion that it's all about TikTok and social media and getting recognised and it really isn't. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, there are examples of artists that have um, broken through and garnered a big following from social media, but it is few and far between. There are not many artists that manage to get successful and get very lucky with social media. Um, most people don't care, I find, um, unless, unless you're willing to be a content creator and be at the grind trying to compete with what's the latest trend I would say for me that 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 is not where I like to sit. I want to be a creator and I've always wanted to just do Tesseract or just sing. And I also had the illusion that actually being in a rock and metal band meant that I would have financial stability when I first started. And of course, we all know that that's not a thing. Um, but I learned to sing, I learned my craft, and then I began to teach people my craft uh, after, you know, garnering a very trusting and loyal fan base. And... I think that I always remember this. I had um, um, an old manager of mine from a long time ago once told me that if you you can make it as an artist, if you if you can garner a thousand loyal fans that will buy yeah. every CD, that will buy every piece of merchandise that you put out. So if you think about it, that's not that difficult to achieve in the grand scheme of things. A thousand people, is it? I mean, you just got to put your focus into your music and your art and believe in it and want to do it, that's the main thing. Castles don't survive King's tinted hearts With your Daniel Tompkins, Ruins the Live Experience. That's the title track, and you can download the whole thing, visuals, the lot, from Daniel Tompkins's website. Now, the remarkable Gleb Kolyadin released his new album on K-Scope in the late summer, early autumn, featuring Gavin Harrison from King Crimson and the Pineapple Thief and Porcupine Tree on drums, 
Uh, Gleb has recently moved uh, to England. I wonder how that's been for him. Everything is still very new for me. I have nothing to complain about anyway, because everyone here is very kind and friendly. And uh, I didn't expect that, sincerely. Everyone is trying to help and recommend good places, uh, like tasty fish and chips. <laughs> Plus, I often go to open mic nights at various pubs. So I've made some new friends here. But I think uh, perhaps the most challenging thing here, aside from the fact that everything is significantly more expensive than I'm used to, uh, is organizing my daily routine. When I have been living at home for many years, uh, you know where to go for groceries or where to grab a snack. Uh, but here I still have a daily struggle of how to organize my uh, leisure time or some basic things. Uh, but anyway, it's quite exciting because, um, I don't know, I see it as a sort of quest. Colliadin from I Am The Morning. His album is called The Outland and I understand he has recently discovered Mushy Peas. Now around the time that the Tesseract album came out, War Of Being, I'd spoken to all the members and as I said one of the leitmotifs of this year's podcast has been talking about the future of live music and the perfect person to speak to about that being king of metal guitar and through his work with Hold Tight PR is, of course, Jim Metal himself, James Monteith. Everything's been changing very, very quickly. Like last year, um, we were still feeling the effects of COVID in terms of seeing how erratic things were, how sales were and attendances and um, lots of cancellations and I guess audiences not having confidence in shows happening or, you know, um, because, because of all the sort of post effects. Whereas this year, it feels that um, despite all the, uh, the challenges you just mentioned, which are all correct, it feels like it's booming. Um, tours are selling really well. I mean, download festivals sold out four days, which is incredible. Um, 
also things like the Heavy Music Awards, you know, happened earlier this year. Um, they managed to put on, um, uh, you know, a rock music um, awards event at Wembley Arena, which I think shows how, yeah, how much like the wider world is sort of paying attention to rock music, both recorded and in the live sense. So I feel like, in general, everything is incredibly healthy at the moment. But you're right, we've got loads of challenges to deal with. Like, I mean, like the whole Brexit thing is a nightmare. We could talk for hours about that. So let's we'll move on from that because I might get a bit annoyed. Um, I, I feel like live music is strong enough, the audiences are enthusiastic enough, and the music out there at the moment is great enough that we'll, we'll work this out one way or the other. Positive vibes from Mr Monteith, Amos? Fundamentally, people like getting together. Even mm. the pandemic couldn't stop that. I mm. feel that regardless of the style of music, people are sociable creatures. And they really, really love the experience of a show. Even a humble, everyday, regular gig is something that is very difficult to experience in any other scenario. I I don't feel that that is in danger. I just feel that we have new ways of experiencing that or experiencing the content of that, experiencing the art within it. But in the same way that people like to put music on their headphones, it's just Mm. another form of how to enjoy music, not the be-all and end-all. It's a medium through which, if we're clever, we can learn to exploit, say, music through video games or music through... Things like having a worldwide show that is online, it's Mm. just going to be another string to our bow, hopefully. out for the Billy Reeves K-Scope podcast interview special with Tesseract, which will be coming in your ears via your favourite podcast platform shortly. That's Echoes from War of Being. And Tesseract's mammoth War of Being world tour continues next year through Europe, the UK, Ireland, Australia, India, Singapore, Hong Kong and Japan. 
Interesting what James Monteith was saying there about gig confidence. I myself uh, found myself going to a lot more gigs this year. Saw Bruce Sword recently at Nell's. That was great. Gong, tremendous. More of them in a bit. And Osric's High Wycombe. That was brilliant, that was. And here's me hanging out with Ed and the band backstage. (laughs) What's, What's so lovely about coming to see Osric's is that one kind of knows it's always the same but always different but certainly one of the things that's always the same one knows is that you know you're going to have a smile on one's face and you're going to be amongst some lovely people and yet right and yet the music is abstract you're not saying anything but you are saying something can you put let's let's analyze it why is it that your music is abstract and yet well Well, me and silas we were having this conversation the other day and we suspected there's this realm where it all dwells all that amazing fucking cosmic music that dwells in this realm Mm. and if you get the right bit of music you can open a little doorway and have one view a taste a little bit of the essence of the this realm where music Mm. is simply is um, that's very obscure, isn't it? But we did have this conversation yeah. the other day, and I can't remember what the question was, but you did ask something. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it, yeah. it, it, it appears to be abstract, and yeah, yet it says Yeah, quite yeah a lot. sure. No, in, in that way, you see, it's a direct message of um, basically it's, what we're trying to put across is to, to be up for, keep it clear, keep it nice, keep it mm. lovely, life if you can. That's how our philosophy works, and we try and portray that in the music. Mm. <clears throat> so sometimes people come along and they. Uh, feel some of that and when they yeah. do and it sometimes cures them of all kinds of things yeah. hopefully on a good day so um again you know what was the question <laughs> <laughs> well my, my answer to it is that it's tidy chaos thank you that's much easier yeah. than it, I was also, it also back me up on this i've said this a hundred times if i've said it once but yeah. um if i was running a record shop oh, yeah. i would file osrix under funk People say to me, Billy, why do you like Osrix? Do you like funk? Funk is my favourite thing. I'd right, say to them, because Osrix are a funk band. Can do that at times, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, one. yeah. All right, that doesn't often get said, does it, that one? But uh, sure. Yeah. If you want funk, you see we've tried... Is that all right? Yeah, I mean, fine. I, I like it, yeah. hearing that. Yeah. And I think the current album is very funky. <laughs> do you? I but thought yeah. it was very... Um, there was more acoustic guitar than I expected to put yeah, on but there. Yeah, but it's fat. It's P-H-A-T, yeah, it is, it? it is, yeah. actually, yeah. It, it, it's spicy. Yeah, I think the uh, the new uh, guitar that I got has got very heavy strings on it, this acoustic uh, guitar. Yeah. So it's a bit more clunky and thumpy and maybe funky. That's, you know? It totally is. Um, <laughs> do you, um, when you finish the piece, is that when you title it? There's not very many groups that would that would... Think of calling a song Burundi Spaceport. Oh. <laughs> uh, which way round does it happen? That, that happened at the end. Sometimes it's the oh. very first thing, because when you start one little idea on, on the computer, first thing you have to save your idea, and it asks you to name it. Naturally. At this incredibly young stage in its life. So that's sometimes how those uh, things, it's like naming a little infant before you've met it, probably, right, or something, okay. you know. So uh, either way it can go. Sometimes they lend themselves to what's going on there. You know, it'll, Like yeah. Burundi Spaceport. Sounds like a spaceport in Burundi, in Africa. It's I mean, completely that's... what it sounds like. Exactly. So, and I, I saw the title and I kind of knew what it was going to sound like. Tidy sure. Chaos. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's a good title as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
from Lotus Unfolding, Osric Tentacles, the wonderfully entitled Burundi Spaceport. And the Osrics have been on tour, of course, with Gong, and uh, they pick up the double-dip psychedelic baton and tour together through March of 2024 as well, before Osrics go to Europe. And Kavas Tarabi, fronting Gong these days, of course, one of the hardest working persons in show business, DJing solo gigs, gigs with Miranda Sexgarden, gigs uh, with Steve Davis, DJ sets with Steve Davis. And I caught up with Cavus just before he did three performances at Glastonbury. Really pleasing that there's, I mean, gongsters. That there's it, planet gong. It, well, it's it's really really incredible. I mean, for, <laughs> for, for all of us, this is our kind of you know this is sort of our main band. You know, our main band. And it could have you know it could have died, died on its ass. And, <laughs> Really, I mean, it could have been. I mean, I was really, really, when we first started, I may have said this even before, I was really, really nervous about how it was going to be perceived. And also because you can't sort of, you can't go in too much as a fan. Because I think then you'll be too you'll be too beholden to this idea of what you think it should be. You've got to almost play a bit fast and loose with it. You know, I know, and of course, there'll always be a couple of gong classics that we'll play. Yeah. But we'd we'd rather be playing what we're doing now, and while people really in well, I guess I guess, there, I guess there are gong classics that are fun to play, and yeah. there would be gong classics that would you know that would be quite painful to play, both emotionally and physically. Yeah, well, do, I do your tendons in. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, well, the one problem David's voice is higher than mine, so yeah. I always I I'd see I sing stuff I've written much better, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so there is that, but then also. I don't know. It's just that people, are, you know, we get lots and lots of positive feedback from people. That this is what they want us to, to keep moving into what we're doing. I think that's part. That, I think that's partly David's legacy as well. Mm. Is the way I look at it, because there was plenty of iterations of Gong, and there was plenty of movement in Gong, and num- Gong were number one in a field of one. Yeah, a lot of the time. What happens next? I mean, you're really busy. Um, gong, mm. the Gong. Gong have been invited to perform at lots of pop concerts over the the next three seasons, I guess. You've yeah. got your, you've got your Scandinavian looking... trip and then the two trips out with the Osrics. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. And the crazy world of Arthur Brown. The Osrics, I guess there's a certain simpatico yeah, yeah, uh, with, talk, with, yeah. with fans and there's a certain simpatico with Ed. Um, yeah. What can we expect from the... Um, the double dip psychedelic experience well, of, the, uh, of the joint tour. We did um, we did one last year. Yeah, uh, with Osric and yeah. um, got on really really well. You know both bands. I mean you had any, we toured with Ed anyway, and he's he's a pal and Silas yeah. and uh, you know Saskia and what have you. All, we're all pals anyway. Uh, but it was. It was amazing. I think one of the best tours either of us have ever done. Yeah. Regardless of who was headlining, it went down really, really well. Yeah. Well, headlining, we're doing the same, both doing the same length sets, whoever yeah. was first or last. We didn't even know that uh, we were, you know, it could happen again, and straight away all the yeah. promoters were like, let's do that again. That was amazing. So, well, you know and we both got new albums out. Yeah, so. and, well, that's, <laughs> that's what's so great about it. Label mates. Yeah. Right? Both got albums ready to go around the time that you're hitting that mm. second lot talk. Was that? I'd just love to think it wasn't deliberate, though, was it? It wasn't deliberate. I loved, no, I'd, no, I'd, no, I'd love, no, no. I'd love there to have been a, a meeting no, you know, it, in, a, it, in a yurt somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
BBC Six Music favourites these days, of course. That's All Clocks Reset, and the album is entitled Unending Ascending. We had another Bruce Sword solo album this year, Luminescence. Absolutely beautiful, very pretty, introspective. Wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. You, being introspective is tough when you're in middle age. When, when you're a kid, you can, you know, you, you well, can be, yeah. you can be, you can be, you know, why do girls don't like me? And it's this soft down. No, hair and also normal. life is infinite, isn't it? When you're yeah. a twenty-year-old, you don't. And so now you're fifty, and you're kind of thinking, oh my goodness, you know, the days really are numbered. Mm. Not just not just that, but oh my, my kids are only going to be home from bit long. Well, actually, probably not. Probably yeah. be home forever. But you well, know, these the, days yeah. the time is just things yeah. are passing by well, so quickly. But what a legacy to leave them! This longing to understand what on earth it's all about, mm. you know, and that basically is everything that that, that informs the, my writing. I think. Well, that's you know that's why pop music <laughs> is the greatest of all the human abstracts. You see, right. because it can do it appeals to all the senses and all the branches of the intellect. I think, including smell, and that's what I love about your music because you, I think, it's brave. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I never thought of it like that, but. Um, and the other thing of it, of course, being in this room when you're writing really introspective stuff, mm. you know, in the, in the dark winter nights, especially when, <laughs> you know, some songs weren't going so well and you'd spend a week on an idea that would end mm. up in the bin and then you'd be, then you start start new ones. It's, it's very solitary. Yeah. And you can fi- find yourself actually getting quite, well, not, I, I wouldn't say I'd ever got down, but you get, it's quite an intense thing to put your brain through. Yeah, well, especially as it's part of your income and it's feeding the people opposite you. I found that the words were so important, mm. not just what you were saying, but how you were saying it. And, exposed, you know, they? Yeah, because and it, yeah. so I would sometimes spend a whole day on a five or six words in a chorus and by the end of it you're going that's the see that's the downside of not working to the clock in a traditional studio is it yeah come on yeah yeah yeah. and some days i'd I'd end the day and i'd be so mentally exhausted and then i wake up the next day and then it would be like oh there it is there it is of course yeah that's what it some not always but that that's when and and now i listen back to it and i you know i realize that that attention to detail has really paid off
barely time to dry those saddest eyes I know After all we have seen Still clinging on for dear life Still Sword, Dear Life from the album Luminescence. What a great song that is. And the short tour for Luminescence has been memorialised as a live album called Caught in the Hum. Signed CDs of that are available. There was also the Pineapple Thief 8-disc book set which came out this year, which is entitled How Did We Find Our Way? The new album, It Leads to This, and the associated tour on pre-sale now. Thanks for all of your suggestions of something we should play the year out with that isn't on K-Scope, part of the family, perhaps much discussion about it, but I've taken an executive decision. You may be familiar with this band if you get out and about or you read Prog Magazine. We absolutely love them. They've got a new album out right now entitled News from the Invisible World, all the way from Rushton, the mighty, the fierce and the dead. This is entitled Suitably Wonderful.
The Fierce and the Dead. Thanks very much for listening to the Case Goat podcast this year. It thrives. Do please like it wherever you find it. Do please share it. I think in an ugly world, it's very important that artists equalise with beauty. And what could be more beautiful than French art rockers clone from their album earlier this year? Meanwhile, this is entitled Bystander. You might have seen them on tour with the beautiful Devin Townsend. And my name is Billy Reeves and I'll see you next year. Ta-da! Bye.